Welcome, everybody, to Behind the Blade Podcast, episode 44. We've got a lot of awesome stuff coming at you, fresh from Blade Show and the Bark River Grind-In. Stay tuned for more action and current updates. What's happening, gang? Matt Martin with Behind the Blade Podcast. Coming back, not jet-lagged, but just beaten down from Blade Show 2019. One of the highlights, though, is I got to see my buddies over at KME Sharpeners. And uh, look, we're at the Blade Show. There's a lot of custom makers. They've cultivated a following. These custom makers bring a limited amount of product. That product typically sells through very quickly, and everybody applauds them for having a sellout at the show, which is pretty remarkable. One thing you don't see, though, is distributors or manufacturers of like a commercial-level product selling out. That's because they bring a lot of inventory. Well, I can tell you a fact. KME sold out. All the sharpening sets that they brought to the show, which was a large number, they didn't have to bring home with them. And that is a testament to the products that KME puts out, manufacturing in the U.S., dedicated customer service. And hey, beyond all that, let's just say also a quality product with a lot of diverse attachments that you can use to sharpen just about any cutting implement that you're going to have in your house or your shop. So go check out what all the hype is about. Go see why they came home empty-handed. Go to KMESharp.com and please be sure to tell them that Behind the Blade sent you. Welcome everybody to Behind the Blade Podcast, episode 44. Jim Stewart with here introducing the infamous Matt Martin. Matt Martin, how was your Blade Show? Dude, Blade Show 2019, I, I feel like it hasn't completely ended yet. Uh, we've been going hard for weeks before, and then the show, then the travel <laughs> time back, the recovery time back. Uh, oh, no, no, I know. I, I knew that in the weeks before. I'm like, I'm like, should I contact Matt, see if we can do a podcast? No, he's in Blade Show prep. If uh, we have a podcast, it'll ruin his flow. <laughs> and that's the truth of it. So, we were pushing seven days a week, you know, late, late days, you know, 14, 16 hours oh, yeah. every day. So it was pretty intense. But I tell you what, it, it all paid off in spades at the show. Um, it was the best Blade show we've ever had, hands down. And that's not like in monetary sales. I mean, we do really well at the shows. You know, we've yeah. got a killer following. But a lot of things happened at the show that were just amazing it was an epic epic time that's fantastic man uh yeah we i am i am recently i did not go to blade show but i am recently coming off of the summer bark river grind in so i've been working again not nearly as hard as you have the last couple of months but uh, definitely every day over the last couple of weeks it's a slog and then you you guys push through the weekend too yep yep and uh and despite that i do have to say i'm really proud of my crew we had a really good day today despite we call it we call it Dragon Ass Monday. <laughs> no doubt, yeah, no <laughs> is, what, doubt. is what we call it. But um, but but despite that, we still hit all of our target numbers for the day. We had a good day. Nice. We had a good day today. Nice job. So so I'm really anxious to hear about what you have for uh, what you have for us Oops, coming in coming in from the from the show of blades. Mike Strike. So I I got to see a lot of my favorite makers. I got to really kind of rub elbows with some heavy hitters. Um, but I did make a bunch of blade scores, so which is really cool. It's uh, there are bill collectors who are going to be angry with what I brought back from Blade Show this year. I can tell you that much. Um, <laughs> one of the booths we stopped by was Mission Knives. A lot of you guys may have heard of them. They are kind of specialists in um, titanium knives. Now they were Ooh. a big, uh, you know, Navy Seal. A lot of brands kind of. I don't want to say hide, but a lot of brands kind of use that umbrella. Like Navy Seals carry our mm-hmm. knives. 
a lot of UDT guys did carry mission knives because they were non-magnetic, because they were non-rusting, and because they were tough as nails with really comfortable handles. Mm -hmm. They've been in the business for probably 20 years now. That's awesome. It's a family-run operation, and every knife show I go to, I always try to make a point to go by and see these guys. And it's I just like talking with their family. They're super cool. Um, and I ended up picking up a knife from them. I got uh, kind nice. of a little titanium dive knife sort of thing. And, and it was really to kind of support them. It was really exciting. And so it was a great exchange. So that was one. Another one is our good friends over at Zombie Tools. These guys make um, post-apocalyptic... <laughs> Uh, choppers. Oh, right? you, we, last time we got together, we were talking about <sighs> this, and you were just nerding out. I, I kind of was too a bit that over was, some of this stuff. It was cool. That was on the show. We talked yeah. about. Well, I did go by and see him, and uh-huh. I did score a Zombie Tools Parabellum, and it right. It, I wanted the Zakasushi, which is this kind of like ninja Wakazashi looking thing with this apocalyptic <laughs> flair. But after I went to the table, I saw. Excuse me, I saw their. Par- I've had like the weirdest acid reflux thing going on. I, I feel like I'm throwing up in my mouth every five minutes. It, it's um, been, it's been every few minutes. Yeah. Legit. It's, <laughs> this is a real thing. Guys. Doing podcast prep. I'm like, are you okay? Not just doing this for your benefit gang. <laughs> uh, so I stopped by and I had my heart set on this, this sword. They had it. Mm-hmm. I saw it. I was smitten with it. And then that thing happens where I saw something else on the table that I just absolutely that, that you without. weren't prepared for no. at all. And it's practical. Yeah. It's going to mm-hmm. replace my my uh, SE Hoongless. Oh, nice. I'm actually nice. relegating the Hoongless to like a bug out bag or mm-hmm. like a quick grab and go camping bag. Um, but this is going to be my dedicated camp chopper just because it is so BA and it is so tough. It's so well made. It comes in a few ounces. I think it was like an ounce or two heavier than the Hoongless, mm-hmm. which I thought was actually pretty negligible when you're talking about like a, a, a large chopper. Type. You don't even feel it. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I, but I was just really impressed with it. The reviews, I've watched some destruction tests and stuff like that online. I mean, this is just a tough as nails and it just looks awesome. Nice. So it's got all of it fit form and function all in one. So I was excited about that. Um, I got uh, Jenna really kind of went all out and scored me a microtech for father's day this year Oh, that's cool that's we, cool yeah we were in the shop so i didn't wear it today i didn't even think about the show but uh otherwise i'd be clicking it in the background which you guys are probably <laughs> glad i didn't bring it no the, the, i'm sure i'm sure they're grateful for it because there's so many episodes where we're like blah 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 click 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 yeah. click 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 um but yeah so i picked up uh she got me surprised me actually with an ultra tech tano edge with the two-tone blade Nice. And it's murdered out hardware. So it's mm-hmm. black clip, black switch, black screws. I mean, it is just as mall ninja as you can get. And I love <laughs> it. I'm absolutely in love with it. So thanks, babe. I uh, got to talk to one of my heroes uh, as far as the uh, standing at the wheel goes. Um, it was pretty cool. Uh, his name is Mike Erie, and he has done uh, – I see him every year at the show, and I always look forward to spending time with him. He's a smoker like I am, so we tend to just kind of uh, gather at the smoke pit you know, so that we can uh, have, burn one and have a good chat. I ended up scoring one of his knives that I've uh, wanted to get for quite a while, and I got it as uh, Mr. Stewart's Blade Bring Back gift. Dude, so and I am holding it right now, and I am absolutely smitten with this. Mr. Erie does phenomenal, phenomenal work, and this is supremely comfortable handle. He's yeah, he's, he's got just, it. Just man. like oh, it goes right into your hand. The right where you want to rest your thumb is exactly where the jimping goes, directly over the beginning beginning of the edge, exactly where I like, and it's sharp as hell with a nice, huge hollow grind. In this hand hand rubbed finish uh my carta bolsters dovetailed into looks like some natural maple burl and uh the pins the pins look like they're flared yeah. in to fit i mean i mean and, and the fit of course it's my it's my geary so it's perfect yeah. it's 
I mean, like, I am I am a very proud owner of this right now, and you're not getting it back. Every, everything a knife needs to be is right there. So, yeah, pretty yeah. sweet. Um, another thing worth mentioning is the uh, AKTI, the American Knife and Tool Institute. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we signed up and joined that organization. Oh, congratulations. And, That's awesome. And they're uh, like a lobbyist group that mm-hmm. kind of pushes for knife owners' rights. And mm-hmm. it is, I mean, they've helped a lot in the same vein as knife rights. Mm-hmm. It's a, just another group on our side as far as freeing up, loosening, you know, archaic, ridiculous laws. Right, right. And, just based on knee-jerk reactions and emotions. Right. Yeah. So that was mm-hmm. exciting. So we joined that and we got to cool. hang our placard at our booth and stuff like that. So that was cool. Um, also got to meet, you know, I mentioned some heavy hitters that we got to meet. I got to meet, uh, not meet, I got to see my good friend Tom Crine. You know, he came yeah. by the booth and it's always a pleasure to see him in person, mm-hmm. even though we talk pretty frequently, uh, you know, via Skype or whatever, Facebook, you know, FaceTime or whatever. But yeah, so it was good to see him. Todd Begg stopped by his booth, talked to him, uh, and I will do a little follow-up with what I talked to Todd about here in just a second because I okay. have some big news in our camp that I'm very excited about. Ooh. And uh, Brian Efros, uh, mm-hmm. you guys know Brian. I got to handle – I've known Brian for quite a while. We've been um, kind of on this knife-making journey for the exact same amount of time. We both started kind of professionally in 2008, mm-hmm. and we've kind of been side-by-side side from the early days where we call each other crying, saying, I, you know, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I can't make my bills, this, that, the other thing, to Brian being just a rock star at the show, making super high-end custom folders. Mm-hmm. And I had never handled his more mature work in the folder line, and he's like, hey, Matt, check this out. And he hands me this knife, and I was like, Holy cow. This is next level. I mean, there's a reason that he's getting the money he's getting for his knives and he's not asking for it. People are throwing it at him. You know what I mean? So I definitely think you're in that. But we also got to meet up with uh, somebody we talk with online. His name's Alex Harrison from V58 Edgeworks. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting a, I'll have to show it to you. I got, he brought me a custom Cataragus 225Q set with a Moran handle. And the handle is made of cast resin and pieces of his uniform that was put in there. And it was really cool. It was a real big honor to have him bring that by the booth. But here's a new maker that's really kind of cutting his teeth. And he's showing up at the big show. You know, he's bringing a table full of knives. And uh, dreams do come true, gang. This is Mm -hmm. the first time Blade Goer sold out. Nice. So it says something about his product. So I would definitely go check him out. Hang on, I have an Instagram link that... I want you guys to go scope out. Really cool guy. Uh, him and his wife, we had a great time chatting in the pit, but it was really impressive to see this guy show up on scene and just clean house. So you can find him at, you know, the A with the whatever, you know, the at thing. You guys are all... <laughs> the at symbol. You're yeah. more savvy Shift than two. I am. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> V58 underscore Edgeworks. So that's his Instagram handle. So go check that out. And uh, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. another big thing that we had, and this is, oh, I know I'm probably boring you guys with this, but I have two more heavy hitting things. I guess three, technically. One of them involves the luggage I brought back from Blade Show. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, we had a huge vehement syndicate meetup. So a lot of our supporters showed up in person and got to meet mm-hmm. each other. And I would say this is probably the nature of Blade Show is these interpersonal reactions that you get to have. It's Again, it's not about yeah. buying knives necessarily. It's all these people that you know from the internet. Social media is yeah. a huge part of this, right? Yep. So we had an enormous turnout of our supporters and they all got to hang out with each other. And that really meant a lot to me. We ended up spending some time together. It was really, really cool. So I really appreciate all you syndicators that showed up and got to meet each other. And uh, a little more news from my camp. I applied to the guild. Yes. The knife makers. Yes. Guild. Matt told me about five minutes before we hit the, we hit the record button. I'm still kind of reeling about that. It's oh. pretty cool, man. 
<laughs> it's uh, it's not easy to get in. Uh, obviously, they'll they'll help you to get in, but you really need to show that you are a technical knife maker to even be able to get the application, which I was right. surprised about. Yeah. And uh, luckily, we had a couple knives, and they got to take a look at them, and uh, it, it went well. And so I'll be doing mm-hmm. a formal, uh, what do you want to call that, evaluation? Evaluation would at be the a good guild word. show next yeah. year. Yeah. Congratulations, dude! Uh, you have to. Do you have to bring four of them? Is that was that? What yeah, to the best of my knowledge. That's ah. Uh, wait, do they all have to be the same, or are they all different, like at different sizes, or just four, four, whatever I, you want? I think it has. I don't know. I'm I'm waiting on an email because they're okay. going to reach out and give me like the criteria. All right. Um, but in mm-hmm. my mind, I, I would bring in a variety of finishes and blade right. brands, like a dagger and a skinner sure. and you know a Bowie and whatnot. So that's super exciting, though. I mean, like definitely keep us posted about that. Oh, I will. We're looking forward to your journey through this. That's cool. I won't need a microphone for you guys to hear me if that goes well. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Every everybody in the entire world just hears. <laughs> that's the whole thing exactly, exactly. So, um, so yeah really really excited about that so uh-huh. that in a nutshell was blade show but i did have one more thing that i brought back from blade show this year uh he actually followed me back from blade show last year too and that is mr robert herbert of rnn blades australia good i might how you going <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna have to slow it down. What's happening, buddy? So, uh, as I said, he is from Australia. You're gonna have to bear through his accent. Luckily, he's been in the U.S. for a few weeks now, so it's tamed down quite a bit. So, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, long time listener, and um, you know I've been a friend of yours for a long time on social media, um, and I really do think that these podcasts and these opportunities really spread the love across the world. You know. I appreciate it. It's kind of cool to know that uh, you guys are listening to us overseas. And I I mean, that means the world to us that people get something out of this. So that's I'm really glad to have you on the show. Um, so what's going on here? This is you kind of travel over to the U.S. every year for like this knife making pilgrimage, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So how long have you been doing this? So a bit of a, a sabbatical, I guess, um, for the last three years. <clears throat> I've been a, a long time knife maker in Australia. And I was a member of the Australian, or still am a member of the Australian Knife Makers Guild that I was the secretary treasurer of. And I got to see some of the other guys that were quite older than me come back from um, their overseas travels, whether, whether it was to America or somewhere else, and bring back what seemed to be this huge hoard of information that wasn't available in Australia. So I always looked up to those guys, um, and I always wanted to be able to one day afford to travel and to know enough about making knives so that when I travelled, I was able to hook up with different makers that I respected, makers that I thought were able to be able to pass on that knowledge to me and take it back to Australia and share the love, I guess. So. That's, um, that is a, it's a tremendous commitment, right? I mean, this is, there's a big expense involved, obviously. Um, it's a huge time cost. I mean, you're away from your shop for how many weeks now? Six weeks. Six weeks. Yeah. I mean, that is, yeah. I, mean, I feel guilty for missing a weekend going to Blade. Imagine <laughs> six weeks. But obviously, <laughs> being this is a, your third trip, you feel like you're coming out on top. It's worth it. Uh, absolutely. You know, the um, first few times over here and running into different people was sort of a handshake. G'day, how you going? My name's Rob Herbert. Now it feels more and more like I'm coming back to uh, family. I'm getting to know people. They're getting to know me and the information flow is so much easier. I'm able to just take that stuff and run with it. I've got um, more doors have been opened, I guess, and I can't encourage anyone enough to be able to go and take the step. I mean, I've um, I've PTSD, um, so my anxiety is off the charts when it comes to meeting new people and travel. 
but I really do think it's well and truly worth your while to stretch your legs, get out, see how other people do it, see new products, see how someone else grinds and um, humble yourself in someone's shop when you stand in the grinder in front of them. No matter how far down you have to reach to get to the uh-huh. grinder. This is like working in Santa Claus's elf shop at times. It's... Herbie's a huge guy and I am not. And so when he comes in here, everything's at like waist level for him. It's it's pretty comical for me. He goes home taking a fistful of Advil from being stooped over all day. But yeah, it's great. It's been awesome. So uh, in in the time that you've been doing this, you said that your your network has kind of expanded. You you've gotten past all the meet and greets, and now you kind of know these people you're visiting. So who have you visited? Okay, well this year I've spent uh, four weeks with Chris Williams in uh, North Carolina, and that's from uh, Wilmot Grinders. Wilmot right? Grinders, yep. And I I see Chris every year, and I think that that's sort of the beginning of all of my travels because I go and help Chris. And I think it's great when knife makers can travel and help other knife makers. So Chris prepares for Bode and I guess on his gopher or fixing this and fixing that and helping out. At the same time, um, the stuff that Chris has taught me about process, process, process has certainly lifted my game when you're going past just being a hobbyist and into semi-production and then when you become right. a full-time maker, being able to understand the importance of you know why you do it like this. And that leads to step A, leads to step B, leads to step C. All that efficiency, refinement and everything. Absolutely. No doubt. Um, Yeah, so Chris, I saw um, Chris this year, then then I'm obviously coming to see you. Then I'm going to go and drop down to Colorado and see some guys down there. Um, And normally I go and um, stop in at um, Ken Onion's place over in Hawaii. Uh, But I've got quite a lot of work. I've got to do 150 knives next month when I get home. So um, I can't, I just haven't got the time. But the same... On the same vein, I guess, of the same value, um, I caught up with Ken at the show, and he's nothing but happy with, you know, being able to foster that sort of, you know, uh, business, uh, you know. He can he can give you the same advice over the counter, maybe not this time in the shop, but at the show, you were able to make that connection. Totally. And yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's really cool. And look, uh, Rob's a, an accomplished knife maker, but I feel like, and especially being witness to this, when he shows up, he really kind of takes this attitude of an apprentice, which is really weird. Because how long have you been making knives? I've been making knives and selling them for 10 years and been making them for nearly 20. Right. So, so. I mean, he, he knows his stuff. I yeah. know his knives. But he shows up and it's like this very kind of humble giant that comes in there. And you're like, dude, you can probably outmake me any day of the week. You know what I mean? Oh, how do you do this? How do you do that? So it's definitely like a sponge for knowledge. And it shows... And you're making this now. How is it like? I mean, you have a wife, you have kids. I mean, is it a difficult pitch for them to be like, "Sorry, I have to go on this pilgrimage. I'll see you <laughs> when I get back from Mecca." You know? Yeah. Well, I can't. Um, you know, it's not just a on-air thanks to my wife, but really, I can't. I couldn't do this without the support of my wife. And we've got four kids. They're all adult kids now, but I've also got a new grandson who I'm missing out going and seeing. And when you get, it's a bit of a different feeling when you've got a grandson, you know, or any grandchild. Um, you know, when you're getting pictures of them, you know, first rolling over and all that sort of stuff. It's just as special as your own kids. Right. <laughs> but uh, at the same time, my wife and I are working really hard at um, rebuilding, for me, a new identity. And part of that is being a professional knife maker and really moving down that road so that the recovery that I'm on on the other side of my brain with my PTSD stuff, that it, it all sort of like moulds together. I find that knife making not only is really good therapy, some people dance, some people sing, some people paint, I make knives, you know, and that, that therapy and what I'm getting over here 
hanging out with dudes that either have um, served or have been in some pretty different situations in their own life, it's so far out of your own comfort zone that when you can sit down with guys that you really don't know that well past a uh, internet relationship, um, that it can really do more than just um, lift you, you as a maker. It can really um, enhance how you see the world and other people, and you can move on. And, and and you know, I think it translates into your work. It kind of solidifies that kinship a little bit, and you know, just like anything else, and any 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 subset of people. Not to get too philosophical here, they can feel like outsiders amongst the masses, right? And so we have things like knife making. We have things like military service, police service, uh, where you can meet with people who are of like minds. And, and get along with them. And when you have these internet relationships, like you're saying, and you put faces to them and you put a beer on the table between two human beings, you know what I mean? That makes a profound difference. And it really tightens everything up quite a bit more. So this is good for you, even more so than just knife making as a whole. These trips are good for you. Totally. And I think that, you know, um, when you're talking about putting a beer between people, there's so much stuff that we all have in common as, you know, dare say it, as men. And we can get together like Matt and I talk um, and we use the Facebook video to talk during the week. But when I come here, we can face to face and he doesn't know my family. I know Matt's family a little because I've come over and stayed twice. But we can certainly undress any situation, so to speak, pull it down to its bare bones. Matt can throw in his, his you know, two cents worth or... What do you have them over here? Quarters? Quarter. Are you drinking out of an aluminium can there? Or... <laughs> That's right. You guys do throw that extra I in that word. <laughs> it's not written, but they do say it. But... No, Gara. <laughs> this has been i tell you what my i've gotten a core workout and my cheeks have been sore since we picked them up on wednesday we've just been dying laughing um it, without digging too deep into it what maybe you had like some really good technical takeaways just for the guys listening to the show or the folks listening to the show are, is there anything that you'd like to share like those aha techniques and it could be anything from like a uh, a shop trick, maybe an organizational skill, anything like that would have been like your biggest takeaways as far as that goes that you're comfortable sharing, not too secretive. Look, it, it, as simple as it sounds, talking in American measurements. So when we buy our machines, uh, Australia is still very much a colonistic part of the world. <laughs> right. America is full of secondhand mills and industrial tools because America has been a really big um, front and center in the in the world of production you know um, when we want to buy our tools there's not really knife tools in Australia unless an engineer makes some and starts selling them so everything we get is in inches and thousands and all that stuff so when I was at Chris's he actually put me through like at a little apprentice school and made sure that I could read thousands inches and not use a, um, a device that was automated it was a dial caliper that I had to use. Right. You know, and go and show him why and how and how to adjust the mill and run the mill better. So I think for me, um, yeah, just being able to use my tools better and more efficiently is probably one of the best takeaways that I've got from here and to pass that on, um, you know, with different stuff that you've been monkeying around with, you know, so. Absolutely. No, it was a huge help. We just got a vertical mill uh, 
in the shop and Rob's got a lot more uh, experience with that. So he was helping me, you know, he comes up to learn one facet of knife making from us and hang out and all that stuff. But I kind of stood it on his head while he's looking over my shoulder. Am I doing this right? Oh, do this, you know, whatever. But yeah, so that's really cool. That's really interesting. That's a, that's a strange, uh, I never would, I thought you'd have been like, Oh, I learned how to sharpen like this or whatever. But in reality, it's how to think in Imperial measurements so that when you're procuring stuff secondhand from a U.S. market, you know what you're thinking without having to do conversions totally. and conversions and conversions. No kidding. So um, now the last question I want to ask you, Rob, if you had to accept, because nobody likes really having people come by their shop and be like, hey, teach me everything you know, man, you know, or mate. <laughs> uh, so if, if you had to accept a pilgrim, quote unquote, in your shop, what traits would you like them to possess? So if you had to, if somebody had to show up and show that they were committed, what would you look for in them to prove that in just a cursory interview? I think to be humble. Uh, and I think that you need to be honest. So if the person that you're with suggests something professionally, you're honest enough with yourself and humble enough to accept that advice and maybe work on it. So at the show... For example, Bill Harsey said to me um, that I need to bring my grinds up. You know, I sell quite a lot of knives and I thought, well, hang on, my knives are pretty good. You right. know, it says so by the market sales. So it'd be foolish of me with a guy like Bill Harsey giving me some technical suggestions to not increase my grind height and to <laughs> right. fix a few things. You've said the same things to me when I've sent you photos, you know, that um, your grind height needs to be improved. So if someone was coming to my shop and they come all that way, you only have such a short amount of time to learn. And I think if you're there to learn, if someone says to you, you need to improve your grind heights, don't get all sissy. I know what I'm doing. How dare you tell me what to do? Yeah, right, right. You know, like take it on board. Like how do you mix epoxy? (laughs) (laughs) We only went through like a gallon and a half today, I swear. (laughs) And and in Australian, that's only a little bit, mate. So... (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome man so i i can't thank you enough i mean it's been a real pleasure having you in the shop as always uh i I know last year we wanted to make a show and we weren't able to do it so this is kind of a big deal for me to kind of make this happen you know jim and i kind of bringing you into the fold and getting you on air because i think you have a lot to say i think you're a sage like dude and a hell of a knife maker and i think your story uh from the way you use knife making as therapy for your PTSD um, and the commitment that you've shown. Cause I mean, guys, this isn't just like, all right, I'm going to throw a pair of socks in a suitcase and jump on a plane and go transcontinentally. I mean, there's a lot of logistics and expense. 24 going hours flight to get over here. Right. I mean, this is a big deal. And it, there's something for everyone who's listening to take away from that is that if you want it and you're committed enough, then you're going to figure out a way to do what it takes. Because I tell you what, none of us are millionaires. Totally. And and we kind of do this all by the sweat of our brow. So to have see somebody take this enormous commitment, I'm getting ready to fly over to Chris Williams. Um, what's uh, Wilmot Grinder's website? Let's give them a plug real quick. Let's give that a plug. I'm gonna make kind of taking a play out of Herbie's book, out of Rob's book. I, I'm gonna go see Chris, and I'm gonna see what I can learn from him. And to me, that is a commitment, and that's like a two hour flight to North Carolina. You know what I mean? So. 
Go ahead. WilmotGrinder.com. WilmotGrinder.com. So go check it out for some of the top belt grinders, knife-making grinders, a lot of innovations. I'm not going to list them all off because there are a bunch. So visit WilmotGrinder.com and, and see what Chris has been up to. But I think any of you guys listening who are serious about knife-making, or I don't give a care like that. I almost dropped an S-bomb, but I didn't. <laughs> um, what your passion is, show that commitment. And you're going to go farther than the guy who sits on his couch and says, I already know what I'm doing. So, I mean, thank you for being such an enormous inspiration to not just this community, but anybody who's serious about anything that it is that they're doing. So it's been a real pleasure to have you on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, I think we're going to be back here in a minute with some knife news. we got some cool stuff coming up. Is there anything that you'd like to add or say to the people back home? Yeah, I'd just like to say thank you to all the people who have supported me, whether it's through messages which is just as important as buying a knife or buying product from me that in itself has given me some uh, ability to fill my soul fill my cup back up and it's given me the, the mental uh, i guess power uh, to to make these trips and to feel that i'm actually you know contributing in a positive way to what's happening not just in australia but in an international sense so thanks a lot guys that's awesome and where can people find you on social media or do you have a website no no website just uh on instagram uh, rob herbert and old man herbie uh or search rnm blades and you'll find me there so yeah perfect all right guys that's it and we really appreciate you having you on and uh yeah we'll get right to knife news thank you What's happening, gang? Matt here to talk to you about Tiny Fabric. That's right, Nano Cloth. And where do you get your Nano Cloth for stropping those edges to a perfect mirror finish? You can only get it at GendaIndustries.com. Now, the benefit of Nano Cloth technology is it's like a little microscopic honeycomb with little pockets that holds that diamond emulsion abrasive and consistently reveals it as you strop your edge across to give you a fine, consistent, non-anomalous, perfect sharpened edge. This is space age technology. I'm pretty sure this was given to us by the Pleiadians. Uh, if you don't believe me, then try it out for yourself and tell me if it is domestic or extraterrestrial. Visit GendaIndustries.com and use the coupon code BTBTRENCH to take advantage of their generosity to the Behind the Blade listeners. And we are back after that awesome interview, and um, James Tiberius Stewart has got uh, some knife news, some actually some exciting stuff. A knife I actually want. <laughs> Take it away, Jim. This is a fantastic pairing. Lion Steel is one of my favorite international companies. I got to meet and hang out with the president of Lion Steel, Iwa, a few years ago. We uh, we we uh, we actually ate cheese and drank it's italiano yeah, it, you drank wine and it, ate the cheese it's, uh. it's not quite it's not quite that stereotypical but it's close <laughs> you <laughs> no. ate cheese at a nice show he's italian he was, <laughs> he was a super cool guy uh yeah that was back when the uh the tie spine came out we were talking about that and we were going over that but um they typically team up with other international and uh other international makers in this in this instance They've teamed up with Judy Van Poppel, God, and and his his stuff. If you guys don't follow him on social media, Facebook, Judy Van Poppel, is, you are completely missing out from absolutely beautiful, beautiful handmade stuff. And and this pairing is like a match made in heaven. <sighs> this guy 
Gudi Van Poppel is an extremely uh, he he looks like he's eccentric, but I understand that he's a very cool dude. Oh, he's and eccentric, he, but very cool. <laughs> yeah, he's both. You he's, can be both. He's still yeah. it's still very cool. Um, yeah, they definitely teamed up to um to release um his his normal his normal style, and and, and once you're familiar with Gudi Van Poppel's style, you look at this knife and you'll be like, oh yeah, that's Gudi. That's no problem at all. Um, it's his it's his Gitano. If you've seen his Gitano before and his custom stuff that he's done with his custom engravings and and all of the little intricate little details and engravings that he puts into his knife, it's that basic 2D design, but with Lion Steel's look and flair added onto it. And it is gorgeous. Just this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful knife. Um, It's brilliantly designed. And uh, it'll be available in a couple of months, so definitely keep your eye out on that. But uh, according to Knife News, the most obvious draw with the Gitano is its its historically-minded look, which borrows heavily from the Spanish Navaja. It is a scene-stealing, swashbuckling, clip-point blade, me mateys, with a big stretch of belly and a dramatic swedge. The handles correspondingly, correspondingly, and I can say that twice, correspondingly dramatic taper, terminating at the back end with a rounded pommel, which uh, which is not in the article that it says this, but that's very typical of Gudi style, and it's just gorgeous. And the guy pulls it off. I could never pull off something like that. They are not and, overstating, I mean, yeah. the dramatic lines in this knife, and it is so rare for me to see a new knife hit the market where I'm like, I have to have that. And I'm stoked that it's three months out because I can tell you right now I'm going to start putting change in a milk jug just so <laughs> when they hit the shelf, I'm going to nerd out. I'm going to be oh, yeah. like, I'm pre-ordering the green canvas micarta <laughs> with titanium bolster, and when it hits, I'm going to be watching watching the mailbox like in a tent out oh, on my right. front porch yeah. <laughs> you're gonna be pitched out right next to it <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> flagging down every mail carrier oh. but uh but yeah no it's, it's still at least three months away and uh and you guys definitely keep an eye out in that and once we get it we will absolutely do an epic mail call and we'll give you guys the full rundown absolutely so, now, it says it's going to be out of nylox steel are you familiar with that jim um nylox um I'm probably going to get yelled at for this, but Sweet. from what I understand, Nylox is similar to the 440B family with more nitrogen in it. Oh, okay. Sweet. So, so it's probably tougher. I think it has more uh, molybdenum and nirobium in it with the nitrogen. Nirobium? Yeah. Is that a... a where is that hold mined on. out of? I think it's niobium. <laughs> Ni- 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 niobium. Now, I'm not stupid, it's Matt. It's got Ethiopium in it. <laughs> Africanium. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's forged from Rhodesium. Niobium. <laughs> Ni- niobium. It's really, really easy when you're really tired. I'm going to pull the it was a grinding card <laughs> to throw that R in the niobium for the niobium. Cast dark continentium. <laughs> <laughs> Matt is laughing his ass off at how retarded I am. Which I don't know okay. much. <laughs> I do not claim to be a smart person. I can grind a knife, but that's that's pretty much it. And I can click mousey on the computer. But <laughs> Mogadishite bolsters. <laughs> Niobium. We must have come out of Niagara. <laughs> We've Niagara. been arguing with, uh, well, we, I've been arguing, and not even arguing, correcting Mr. Herbert here on the pronunciation of Niagara, which it seems like there is no combination of letters in the Australian lexicon that can allow you to pronounce. How do you say it? Niagara. Niagara. <laughs> I don't mean to poke fun, but you know. It's Niagara. Niagara. <laughs> Are you looking up Ni- I'm, Nairobium? I'm absolutely looking it up right now. There is no such deal as Nairobium again. I know. I'm just stupid. So, so. <laughs> hold on hold on 
I'm getting there. I'm getting there. All right. All right. Okay. No, there you got the data on nylon. I'm. I'm. Okay. All right. It's. Ba- all right. It looks like three V. Oh. It, it's similar to three V. It's got. A, it's got. Um. Twelve points of chromium. It's. It's. Well. It's, it's closer. That? It's closer to CPM one fifty four for the chromium. I suppose. And the the vanadium is just under a point of vanadium. A little bit over a point of molybdenum. And what? what What's NB? What does that mean? The the seven tenths of a point. What's NB? Niobium. <laughs> Matt. <laughs> <laughs> it's mine from uh, Nairobi. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know these things. All right. <laughs> well, I do. That's why there's no excuse. That's yeah. why I'm getting made fun of. So, um, yeah. Okay. So, so according to uh, according to Z knives on this, it's a steam resistant tool seal with good edge holding and decent toughness. Contains niobium, one of the best carbide formers. Although there's not a lo- not a lot of it. Ni- niobium in the alloy. Shut up, man. I'm not. <laughs> Knives' typical working hardness range is 58 to 63. 63. Oh, well, my God. Uh, even without PM technology, it's very fine-grained steel, which is good. You know, if you're not going to have uh, PM tech in yeah, it. Powdered metallurgy or particle metallurgy. Or right? spray form. Right, okay. Spray form steel. I mean, yeah, anything spray form. I mean, as evidence between uh, 154CM and CPM154, right. it's the exact same steel. It's just one spray formed in a nitrogen vacuum, and the other one's just rolled like normal. Just adding the spray form in it makes it finer grain and makes it tougher. Gotcha. And uh, so it's a very fine grain steel, which obviously is a positive and aids with edge stability. Of course it does. Good. Strange, strangely, even though it's not an expensive alloy, it's an alloy not very popular with knife makers, mainly used by German, French, and Belgian knife makers. It's supposed to have AISI D2 like wear resistance Ooh. and better edge stability. So that's really good. That means that your edge isn't going to chip out like D2. But it'll 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 perform and have the uh, the wear resistance, which means it'll which be which is phenomenal. Yeah, D two yeah, wear yeah. resistance is other earthly. Oh so, no, no, it yeah. holds its shape for sure. But yeah. when it go, what the problem with D two is that when it goes, it goes. Right. So so this this obviously does not have Better that edge stability. So for sure, for super, sure, super super cool. So that's exciting. Yeah. So it's going to be out of a, a super steel that is probably more prevalent in Europe. Yep, it than is, is over here, but which makes sense coming out of a European company like Lion Steel. Well, I mean, I mean, imagine the shipping costs. You, you know, point. you know exactly. So, so they're gonna they're gonna be using the more German, the more German Belgian steels, yep. and uh, and the Swedish stuff, and which which makes sense. So this is like a high end. This is the, I would consider this a high end steel, yeah, the, the Nylox for sure. That looks. I'm excited. I cannot wait to get that. And uh, yeah, I'll be watching. Uh, I'm not sure who's gonna be carrying it, uh, but I will have to dig through, and we'll let you guys know where they're gonna be available for sure. We'll ask for sure. Them. No, no, this is definitely something that we're keeping an eye on because both Matt and I are huge fans of Gudi. And, uh, and, uh, we'll let you guys know. All right. So, so, and segueing into that. Smooth segue. Using the word segue to segue, by the way. Well, well, I mean, that's, that's comedic effect. That's good radio. That's, that's excellent radio. (laughs) I've been doing this for three years now, Matt. (laughs) So, so Mr. Robert Herbert, Robbie Herbert, tell me about, uh, tell me about your deal with Kifaro International. That's Kifaro.net. So I understand that you've... I understand that you've got a uh, got an interesting deal going on with these gentlemen. Yeah, I was lucky enough to um, send a couple of samples um, about well, maybe six months ago um, or less to Kafaro, which is at Colorado down in um, Boulder, 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 yeah. Boulder, Colorado. Yeah, Kafaro um, asked if I could send some neck knives down. They're interested in that whole um, lightweight backpacking type stuff, and I had developed a neck a neck knife. Um, called my Helium One, which was extremely popular and still is extremely popular in Australia, and it started to creep across the shore and internationally. 
So I sent a couple of um, samples over to Aaron and he ran them with some of his staff. And then uh, one morning I got a message from Aaron saying, have you had a cup of coffee yet? Would like to see if you're happy to make some rice for Kafaru. So <laughs> I'm glad that he waited until after he asked you if you had coffee yeah. or not. Well, uh... <laughs> have you had coffee now? No, <laughs> no way. <laughs> well, it's a pretty big deal because when you, uh, I think, put your head down and, and work really hard at trying to build not just a knife, but building a brand, a small business, you know, that when someone uh, internationally asks if you want to actually do a limited run for them, it's a pretty big pat on the back. And, and for me, I was extremely humbled and still am to this day. So, you know, I've had some really good feedback from Kafaro and from Aaron Snyder that down there at Kafaro um, about my the neck knife. Um, and Kafaro very much prides himself on being an American-based, American-owned, American company. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So um, not just because of that, but I think because of my um, transgressions across the ocean, as they say. Transgressions. <laughs> um, I've been introduced to a whole lot of American hardware, mm-hmm. uh, and, I, and I use Niagara Steel. <laughs> Niagara Specialty Steels. I've been able to team up with them and all of my knives that I do make uh, c- come from Niagara. Uh, I use all of the American hardware from Kydex, Rivets, you know. Oh, yeah. And this, this, thing is, this thing is totally decked out with, with, with all of that. Absolutely. It's right there on, on, uh, on the Kifaro's website, right in their store. You find it under uh, Kifaro Shop Apparel, or Kifaro Apparel, and it's right there. It's right there. No, no, but And, and these are... Uh, S35VN? S35VN stainless. Um, I think the attractive thing for Aaron, um, when you want to talk in your weight, it's only 2.4 ounces complete. Um, So it's six and a half inches long uh, with a two and a half inch um, cutting um, length on the blade. That's if I'm getting my conversions right. You are. That's yeah, I'm, right. Reading, I'm reading. I'm yeah. so, testing your knowledge. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's 65 millimeters. <laughs> oh, come on, mate. Best of the sausage, as they say. So, um, yeah. Yes. I, I, look, yeah. I'm really, really proud of the knife, um, and I'm really proud of the fact that it's made it, it, its way across the sea, and it's getting used by other really keen American outdoors people, um, and can't wait to see what comes from that. Yeah, neither can I. This thing's hot. It looks it looks really good. Really looks really comfortable. Uh, I carry one daily. Like yeah, I mean, this is your, like he doesn't even know because I'm not like making a big show of it. It's between my shirt and my chest all the time, and it's <laughs> aptly named the helium because it weighs virtually nothing. Right. It's lighter than air. It's the lightest neck knife I've ever had. And uh, and cool. y- this is all your heat treat though. Yeah, well, the first lot was I've had to step up to using Peter's heat treat. Um, because I'm doing quite big numbers. So if filling the orders for Kafaro, for all my home guys, uh, I do a lot of work with the Australian Defence Force. So oh, yeah, so heat treating it one by one just does not, even it, 10 at a time just does not make, make sense. sense. No, yeah. when, when I'm, yeah. um, I'm supplying um, hardware to sniper cells and that sort of stuff, and those guys might want it today or next week, right. and I need to have stock at hand to be able to do that. For sure. Um, so um, not just to say just sniper cells, but there's infantry guys, and there's guys that drive trucks, a whole bunch of different stuff, you know, but, um, you know, the deployment value of that. So, No, super cool. And uh, I tell you what, Herbie milks everything he possibly can. It's all right if there's a uh, okay. We have a guest, and we have two mics. If you'd like to sponsor Behind the Blade podcast and help us out with a guest mic, be my guest. So uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it we'll is what there. it is. It's fine. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, you you milk everything you possibly can of it at S35VN. I mean, I see guys caping out sandbar stag and just going through them with this tiny knife, which mm -hmm. looks like it was meant to peel an apple, yet it does everything that a six-inch blade can do <laughs> and a little bit better even. So, yeah, no, but, it's uh, totally the, worth it. The word is maneuverable. Yeah, yes. The word is maneuverable. Especially and, and especially, carryable. Yeah, and carryable, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. I think, once again, so. going back to um, being able to come across to the States and you talk to guys like Bill Harsey, um, you know, Chris Reeves, those guys that were, you know, instrumental in, in the creation of different steels and different patterns um, and talking to the, the mythologist from, um, you know, uh, you got me now because all I can see is Niagara <laughs> from, <laughs> yeah, from Niagara, um, you know, to talk about how to best heat treat it and uh, prior to it going into some sort of production run, I had a lot of guys using the S35VN. I know that it hasn't um, enjoyed the success of a lot of other steels, um, but undeservedly so. I mean, I mean, people really need to go back and revisit it. It really, so, yeah. yeah, it's my go-to. So yep. all of my all of my um, blades are made out of it for the fact that they are hard-use blades that are you know, my company logo and slogans made to use. And as Matt was saying, you know, when you've got guys out there that are uh, putting it through the outback of Australia, and they, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Which is like saying it survived Chicago, which is a lot. It's like Baghdad, Chicago, Australia, equal points. <laughs> right on. So, you know, yeah, so very happy. All right, super awesome. cool. It looks like it comes in uh, three different varieties. Um, what's the major differences between these varieties? Just aesthetic looks? Aesthetically. Aesthetically. So I do uh, all the cerakoting in-house. I do all my laser work in-house. Um, oh, nice. You know, so they're... The, the tiger striping on there? It's yeah. A, it's lasered? Yeah, it's lasered. so I serocate ah, nice. them first, mm -hmm. and then um, I do a lot of laser work to make sure that the Cafo logo was able to be seen, mm -hmm. so you didn't lose it in the tiger stripe. Um, and basically, you know, you just, just plot your code, put your blade in the, in your laser, and away you go, mm -hmm. and then you're lasering a million knives. So. Perfect. Perfect. Well, Super it looks cool. really, really comfortable. I don't think I actually ever saw your... your oh, uh, yeah, 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 you have to dig it out later. Yeah. So I definitely want to nerd out over it a little bit, but That's no, sick. it looks looks super cool. It's a really really good price to over over this 140 bucks for the whole package. Yeah, you know, and I think I think all of them are the same price, right? Orange totally. blade, silver blade, and the black blade. Just checking. Yeah, they're all the same price. 140 bucks gets you gets you your pick. It's Kifaro.net, and definitely definitely look for the Healy one. And I'm sorry for my Rain Man moment. <laughs> but definitely, 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 definitely. And, definitely uh, 140 bucks. <laughs> All right, I think that is a podcast, my friends. Good job on this one, episode 44 for Woo! Behind the Blade Podcast. This is Jim Stewart signing off for Mr. Matt Martin, and thank you again, Mr. Robert Herbert. It's great to have you, man. Thanks a lot for having me on. Much appreciated. <laughs>